It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Hey there, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network with the Rain and Jays. Well, one half of the Rain and Jays tonight. I am John Corrales. Jay King, not here. He is on the TV. That's right. Jay King is on Comcast Sportsnet right now as I am recording this podcast, doing a hit for Comcast Sportsnet. That's a great little gig for him to be doing tonight. So... Whenever you listen to this, wherever you listen to this, make sure you go and check it out. I'm sure he's going to post it on Mass Live. I'm sure video is going to be out there. Really proud of Jay. Uh, blowing up as as well he should. He's really good at what he does. Uh, and I know we bust each other's chops, but he's really good at what he does. So I'm, I'm happy. I can't wait to go watch that later on. So while he's doing the television thing, I'm doing the podcast thing just for you. Appreciate you listening wherever it is, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Audio Boom, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you subscribe. Thank you for tuning in. Coming up on the show, I will be talking about Kelly Olenek, who spoke a little bit recently, Jake Crowder, who spoke a lot recently today at the all at the not the All-Star game, the Hall of Fame. And I will be talking about the All-Star game, which is moving from Charlotte. So a few things coming up. I do address all of these in something I'm going to share with you right now. I was on 96.3 FM in Portland, Maine, the Big Jab, uh, part of something I do regularly for them. I'm very grateful to the folks in Maine. I do regular hits in Bangor and Portland. For some reason, Maine loves me, and I love Maine back. So if you're listening from Maine, thank you uh, for tuning into those. Today, Javier Garidi had me on to talk a little bit about the Celtics offseason, some of the trade rumors and things like that, and we got into Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder's comments about Kevin Durant and a few other things. So let's take a listen to me on the uh, Big Jab 96.3 FM in Portland. Welcome back, PM Jab, Javier Gritty, Chris Braun, rolling through a Thursday afternoon. Joining us on the line now from RedsArmy.com, also Locked On Celtics podcast, at RedsArmy underscore John on Twitter. He is John Corrales. How you doing, bud? Doing well. How you guys doing? We are good, my friend. We are good. I think uh, everyone's starting to get a little antsy here in uh, Celtics Nation. and <laughs> You know, it's funny, too, because you hear different rumors every day. One day it sounds like Westbrook is imminently coming to Boston. The next day it sounds like that's never going to happen. Then you hear that Blake Griffin's coming. Now it sounds like Blake Griffin's going to Oklahoma City. Uh, so, like you know, like we've talked about in the past, there's so much noise around all this stuff. It's kind of hard to know what to believe and, and who actually has uh, actual knowledge of what's at, what, what's actually taking place. But where are we right now? Like, where where do you think the Celtics are? I know Danny is probably still trying to make a deal, but what, what's the temperature of all this uh, at the moment? 
I, I think that it, a lot of this stuff has kind of died down. We've gotten really, really quiet in the NBA real fast. So, But Danny Ainge is still out there. He's still making these trips. He's still trying to figure things out, who might be willing to move, who might be willing to stay if they get traded. But the big noise, the Griffin, the Westbrook stuff, that seems to have really quieted down. I think that Oklahoma City, they made a move, an important move, when they renounced the rights to Deion Waiters. Now, financially, that opens up enough space for them to renegotiate the last year of Westbrook's contract and extend. It's a new thing that they can do in the NBA now in the last year of a guy's contract. So they're making moves that are preparing themselves to keep Westbrook. So right now, the whole move him, trade him to get something to avoid another Durant situation, that has died down. And the Clippers, if anybody can try to read Doc Rivers' mind, no one knows what the hell he's doing. But he seems to be very reluctant to make a big move like that and trade away big stars for what might be better role players over in the overall health of the team. But when you're, when you're in a conference with Golden State, I think he really wants to cling to the guys who are there. And he's tried to beef up his bench. So I don't think that Griffin is going anywhere anytime soon either. So Ainge is out there just kind of looking around to see what will happen. And he may just end up standing pat. Hey, John, if you're uh, if you're Danny Ainge, like what's what's your next move or two moves before the start of the season to to uh, try to get some more noise like, where it's all gone quiet like, to get everyone fired up? What are you trying to do? What's your dream? Well, well, <laughs> well Chris, my dream is that one of those guys <laughs> that we just talked about becomes available. That's the dream. But right now, look, the Celtics, I know fans, we, we keep getting these, these images of huge trades. It happened before the draft. It happened right after free agency. And, and fans are clamoring for something big to happen. But the biggest thing that might happen this summer is the Al Horford thing, which is pretty big in and of itself. Ainge has money. He's got trade assets. But he's also got other things that he can use to build the team from within. You don't know this year the steps forward that Jalen Brown might make, uh, R.J. Hunter, Terry Rozier, how these guys are going to develop in their first and second years. And also, look, Jay Crowder had a huge improvement last year. Let's see what he does this year as a, as a player. Isaiah Thomas, let's see what progression he makes. He's still in a, at an age where he can get better. And let's see what kind of impact Horford has. So Ainge can just kind of relax take a look and, and not make a deal for the sake of making a deal. Keep that financial flexibility. If this Celtics team does make it to, let's say, the Eastern Conference Finals, we don't know yet what they're going to really be. But if they make it that far, then they have that money that they didn't spend this, this summer in a, in a trade that didn't blow up the team and tie them, themselves up financially in a guy who might not stick around. They have that money to go offer a guy next year. And all of these guys that we're talking about could be potentially free agents next summer. So you might be able to just sign them outright and say, look, we're, we're this close. We're this close. Here's a great situation. We can knock off Cleveland. We can get you to the NBA Finals faster than going through Golden State. So standing pat is a very legitimate option. And, oh, by the way, they have those next two Brooklyn picks. Brooklyn's going to be horrible next year. And that draft next year is supposed to be loaded. So if they get a top 
one, two, three pick next year, you have another potentially franchise changing guy available there. That's not a bad thing to have in your back pocket when you're a team that's growing as fast as the Celtics. Well, and John, you mentioned uh, Jay Crowder and Isaiah, and I I absolutely loved Crowder's comments uh, regarding KD. Now, I'm of the mindset KD can do whatever he wants. He should do what's best for him. I have no problem with, with, with what Durant did, but I love Jay Crowder's attitude about it because it shows how much he cares and that he wanted Kevin Durant to come to this team. And I did like the, the sort of vitriol that he had for Kevin Durant and the anger that he's, you know, uh, mustering up for both Cleveland and Golden State. I think those are good things in sports. I think those are things that winners do. And also Isaiah Thomas, you know, if you remember back to the All-Star game, he's running around trying to recruit guys. He was talking about wearing all KD's gear if he got invited to the KD meeting. So I think when you look at what the Celtics are and what they've become and what that core is, it, it's a, there's an uncommon sort of uh, allegiance to the club. There's an uncommon love for the team that I don't think you see in pro sports that much, and certainly not in the NBA. It seems like those types of guys are just all in on the experience in Boston, and I think that speaks very highly of, of Coach Stevens and, and, and Danny Ainge and the entire organization. So I think from that standpoint – I mean, I'll go to war with guys like that all day, every day. So to me, uh, you know, losing a guy like Jay Crowder, losing a guy like Isaiah would be would be a pretty tough blow. They've built a culture in that room that 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 is a winning culture that's going to survive. I think going forward, even if they don't make that big move, having guys like that in your room can't can't do anything but help you win. I completely agree, um, but because you don't want me to stop talking there, I'll continue <laughs> and add to your point that I do. I love that. Uh, what Jay Crowder did. And people say there's no passion in, in, in the NBA, no competitiveness, stuff like that. Well, here it is. Jay Crowder is expletive, bleeping, angry. Like, he is as angry as it comes because, look, he, the Celtics went in there and Jay Crowder spilled the beans. They went in there and explained to Kevin Durant, this is how we beat Golden State. Right. The Celtics were the only team to beat Cleveland in Cleveland and Golden State in Golden State last season. The Celtics are the only team to do that. And they spelled out to Kevin Durant, here is how we did it. And here is how you can make it even better. And they did it with the thought that that's the one team he won't go to. And so now when the Celtics play Golden State, he's got the whole game plan. (laughs) So, but... On the plus side, you've got Brad Stevens, and they know this is what they might be expecting, so you throw him a curveball. But I do love, and, and Jay Crowder is already becoming a fan, fan favorite. If this doesn't solidify him as the guy, the fan favorite in Boston, as far as the Celtics go, then nothing will, because this type of passion is exactly what Boston fans especially love. And Isaiah Thomas, he's, he is completely all in. He is completely bought into the entire Celtics thing. He's almost untradeable. I, I, if you trade him away from Boston, it might break him in half. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to deal with him. <laughs> if he like That revenge tour that he would have on Boston, oh, my God, he might drop 50 on the Celtics. <laughs> but he is, he is the next step for him as far as loving being a Celtic is putting on the lucky costume and walking around town like a little leprechaun. Like, that's the only thing he's not doing as far as representing the Celtics. So yes. I, I love those guys. You absolutely want those guys culture, culturally in that locker room. John, you mentioned a couple names, uh, Rozier, Jalen Brown. Who, uh, your takeaway from this summer, who impressed you the most and who, I guess, disappointed you the most? Well, 
the most impressive guy has been Terry Rozier because he displayed a nice uh, step forward as far as an awareness of the game and, and a good feel for how things are working. He, he knew better how to handle the team this summer than he has in the past. Before, he was strictly an athlete that's just trying to get to a spot as fast as he can, use his athleticism to, to get him into a position to score or play defense or whatever. This summer, he displayed more general awareness of the, the offense, the defense that he was facing, and things to do to get past defenders when they, when they gave him a sliver to, uh, of an opening. Now, granted, th- those aren't the, the level of defenses that he's going to see during the regular season. But it's that awareness, that ability to put his brain and body together, that's a huge step forward. But Jalen Brown is a really, really impressive guy. He has got a ton of tools, and once he learns how to use them, he could be really, really good. And the, the great thing is that the Celtics are not only an organization in a position to help him out with the staff that they have, they're in a position in their overall arc that they don't have to throw him in there like other teams have to throw rookies in there and let them just sink or swim. He can play spot minutes. He can play against second units. He doesn't have to go in there and be a starter. He can play against lesser defenses in, in very particular situations so his progression can be more controlled. And he'll make mistakes for sure, but he's not just going to be thrown out there and, and just overwhelmed by things. So I like where he is. I don't know what he's going to become. I don't think anybody really does because it's such a wide. If he never improves, then he's just going to be a marginal guy. But he has a lot of physical gifts, and he's so smart and driven and confident that you really have a good feeling that in two or three years we're going to be talking about a potential all-star level player. John, last question, we'll let you go. But you know, it's funny, I feel like Celtics fans really kind of soured on the Celtics uh, with the uh, playoff loss to Atlanta. And I'm not sure that that's you know, really all that fair when you look at the, the state the Celtics were in at that time. And Jay Crowder was a shell of himself. Olenek was out. Uh, Avery Bradley was hurt. Isaiah was hurt. I mean, you're talking about basically all your best players were either out completely or at you know a, a fairly low percentage of their optimum uh, capabilities. So I think that colors the, the, the perception of what, of what the Celtics really were last year, especially by a lot of Celtics fans. And like you mentioned, and maybe Horford is the only big move that happens this offseason. But to me, uh, that, that's a huge improvement over what the Celtics team was a year ago. I remember every time they played anybody that could play in the paint, it just got gutted. I think that's going to be a little different here with Horford. And I also think that when you look at Brad Stevens' career, whether at Butler or with the Celtics, the teams have always been better than, you know, the, the, the teams have been better than the sum of the parts, right? So I think when you take that all into account, the Celtics team heading into next year with Al Horford has a chance of being one of those teams that can get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Where do you think they are right now? I mean, if, if, if this is the team that we go to war with in October, how good is this team? I think this team is good enough to challenge uh, Toronto for the second seed. They may end up in the third seed. And look, they were challenging for the third seed last year. We'll have to see how other teams are, like Indiana. They're a really curious team. I'm not kind of quite sure. And other, other teams have improved. But this addition of Horford, not just because he's a great player and it's an upgrade over Jared Sullinger, 
changes how the lineups can be used. Where we were talking about this on our show last night, where you can start Kelly Olynyk in the front court with Horford, with Crowder, and Isaiah and Avery Bradley. Now all of a sudden you got guys you have to respect from the three point line at every position. You can't. Jay Crowder can hit the three. Avery Bradley can hit the three. Olynyk when he's going and if he takes a step forward this year, really dangerous from three. Now you've got all of this space for guys like Isaiah Thomas, and, and you can bring in another rim protector and Amir Johnson off the bench, and you can bring in more shooters off the bench. So they are in a really great spot positionally to put out some great lineups. And one thing to consider is the forward progression of all of these young guys. I mean, if you think of it like a NBA 2K, guys who had a 65 rating last year will be a 68 rating this year and just <laughs> – it raises up the level of the overall team's rating. So every single guy on this roster from last year, every single returning guy has the potential to improve his game over the summer. And I know Isaiah Thomas is dogged in doing that stuff. He adds different wrinkles to his game. Again, Jay Crowder can improve his game. Olenek, I'm looking at him to make a big step forward and take a bit of a leap. Marcus Smart, we don't talk about Marcus Smart much. And he could take a big leap forward with with different guys handling different responsibilities. He'll have a little bit of a different game. And if he can get that shooting down and be somewhat consistent with that, then he can really take a big jump forward. That improves the overall level of team play. So even with just making this one move, the Celtics are still in the top half of the Eastern Conference. And if everything goes the way it could go, not like it's not inconceivable that they could be in a battle for that second seat. From the from the uh, Locked on Celtics podcast and RedsArmy.com, at RedsArmy underscore John on Twitter, he is John Krause. John, always appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. Always love being here, man. Appreciate it. Take, Take care, care buddy. Once again, that is John Krause from RedsArmy.com. Check out the podcast, too, Locked on Celtics. They do a great job, uh, fun podcast to listen to. I love what Crowder said. Let me just start with that. Jay Crowder, if this does not cement him as the fan favorite in Boston, I know we all love Isaiah Thomas, but I, <laughs> Jay Crowder's comments where he was all expletive this and we gave away the expletive plan and blah. I mean, that was just awesome. He's legitimately pissed off. As well, he should be. The Celtics made a big pitch to Kevin Durant, not really anticipating that he would go to the team that the Celtics were outlining how to beat. So as I said on on the radio hit, I don't think that gives away the entire game plan. But it gave away enough where Jay Crowder is legitimately upset. So it's nice to see that fire. It's nice to see that uh, that thing that we don't normally see, the, the competitive spirit, that I don't like this guy type of thing. When he mentioned Durant at the Naismith Hall of Fame today, he got... Uh, he was booed, and he said, I'm with you guys. So I don't think he likes Kevin Durant. I really don't. I think there's a, a respect for his game, I'm sure, a respect for a star player, I'm sure. But I just don't think he really, truly likes the guy now after everything that they went through. So I I just love it. I love it. I'm glad that he said it. And again, I I've been vocal on saying, Durant was a free agent. He's free to make a choice, whichever choice he wanted. 
If the Monstars were part of the NBA and he wanted to join them, more power to him. They had the money. They played by the rules. It's just a freak situation that allowed the best player in the league or one of the top three players in the league to join the second best team in the league, uh, a team that is already loaded and really, if it wasn't for a Draymond Green suspension, was probably going to win their second straight title. So, but I'm all for Jay Crowder's venom and fire. Love seeing that. Uh, let me switch gears to Kelly Olynyk. I'm sure you saw Kelly Olynyk's comments on RedsArmy.com. He spoke to, he went back home to Canada and spoke to Kamloops Weekly. I just like saying Kamloops. It talked a little bit about his shoulder surgery and how it was the hardest decision of his life, he said, which may be a little bit of exaggeration, a little bit of hyperbole there, but still... Uh, international players are not like some of the American players. I, I don't know if that same sense of pride exists in the United States as it does overseas in, or internationally. Uh, Canada is not overseas, but internationally, the, that sense of need to represent the country, that need to represent the country isn't there. That Olenek felt that strongly demonstrates, and look, Manu Ginobili, Dirk Nowitzki, other international players, you see them always, no matter what, go back and play and represent their countries. No matter how much they've played, they almost always go back and represent their countries unless they physically just can't. Over here in the United States, I think, and maybe it's a function of knowing that there is enough talent in the United States where you don't need all of these guys. So if a Steph Curry pulls out, there's another guy that goes right in. So Clay Thompson plays. The United States is a juggernaut when it comes to basketball. They they have the most talent in the world. Uh, Germany doesn't have the most talent. They need Dirk. Canada doesn't have the most talent. They need a guy like Kelly Olynyk. They need these guys. So... I can see why that desire is stronger internationally. But good for Kelly Olenek for making the right call, for listening to the doctors, not trying to push it, understanding he's young enough that in four years or beyond that, before that, two years, he'll lead Canada in other international competition. He'll go out there and he'll play and he'll be better for it. He'll be healthier and that team will succeed or have a better chance of succeeding with him as a healthy individual going out there helping his his country. Meanwhile, his obligation is to the, the, the team that's paying him millions of dollars. And he wants to grow his NBA career. And he is entering a critical season. He is going to be a restricted free agent next summer. So this is the year we're expecting him to take a big step forward. He has a chance to cash in and make a lot of money. And he has to show a bit of progression. Now, he has the skills. We've seen it. He is a deadly three-point shooter when he's aggressive and looking for his shot. We saw him shoot about 40% for a stretch. That guy can put the ball in the basket from deep. No doubt about that. And when he is aggressively looking for his shot, he can be a really, really good offensive player. 
And as Jay and I spoke on the podcast last night, he could be the starting center for the Boston Celtics. He presents this matchup problem when you pair him with Al Horford in the front court and you put him with Jay Crowder and Avery Bradley, now you've got four shooters that need to be respected. So he'll have opportunities to use that space when he gets the ball. And if he can be aggressive, he can be a very key, important player for the Boston Celtics. He needs to be more than just the spot-up guy. He needs to be more than just the threat now. He needs to be a contributor. He needs to be a guy who averages 15 points a game or so. You know, maybe 13, maybe 17, wherever it falls. But he needs to be averaging and, and doing it consistently. Not being the guy that, that scores 21 game and then 10. He needs to be a consistent threat to score in that mid-teens range. If he's not, then I don't know what the Celtics are going to do with him next summer. I, I'm rooting for him because I love the fact that he's a seven-footer with all of those skills. He, the Celtics could really, really use a guy like that for the long term. And I want him to be viable for the long term. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an Olympic fan. I think that he can do it. It's just mentally, he needs to learn to be aggressive. And hopefully Horford can instill that in him a little bit and teach him what it's like to, to just go for your own shot, when to pull out, when to go for it, and not to always be passive. And that's one of Linux problems, that he gets passive. So here's hoping that the, the shoulder heals well and that Olenek gets those consistent minutes that he's looking for, because that's something else that, that he mentioned. And again, if you haven't seen it, go to RedsArmy.com. It's there. His comments are there, uh, as are Jay Crowder's. If you didn't see those for some reason, go to RedsArmy.com, and you'll see those. But Olenek will get the consistent minutes to be a regular starter. I think the front court logjam has kind of, I think... Played itself out a little bit now. Sullinger is gone, so hopefully Kelly Olynyk can take advantage of that and be part of this solid front court rotation, regular minutes, and he can uh, produce the way I think he can and the way I think he should and way, the way he needs to this upcoming season. Uh, one last note here. I want to talk a little bit about the All-Star game moving out of Charlotte. Personally, I'm not afraid to share this opinion. I'm happy that the NBA did this. I think this is a strong message to send because I happen to believe that North Carolina is is making a huge mistake with that law, that bathroom law. They're not to get political or anything like that, but look, I believe in equality and and what they're doing is is just wrong in my opinion. And the NBA is sending them a very strong message. We will not stand for in this sport, as fans of this sport, as representatives of this sport, we will not stand for this bigotry, this exclusion, not treating everybody equally. And that's, to me, that's a huge, huge, huge problem. This is part of the problem that we have in this country right now. People don't talk. People are, are too divided. We really do need to come together. And... There's been so many things that just blow my mind. The violence, the division, this, this 
this bigotry, this, all of these things, enough is enough. And I'm happy that the NBA is sending this strong message that the closed mindedness can't continue, that we need to be open-minded and we need to talk to one another and figure out our problems ourselves. And if you're going to be that way, you're going to face consequences. So good for the NBA. And I'm sorry if you disagree with me. Actually, I'm not sorry if you disagree with me. That's just how it is. This is my opinion. And I feel like I'm on the right side of history when it comes to things like this. And I try to be. Because, look, the bottom line is I just want us all to get along. And I, you don't even have to love one another. Just don't hate one another. Just if you don't like something, ignore it. It's not your problem. This is not an issue for you. This is not a big deal. Whatever they're trying to legislate out. So good for the NBA. So I'm going to leave it on that note and just on a positive note, just be good to one another. And now just, if you don't want to be good to somebody, just don't be bad to somebody. Just ignore that person. That's fine too. That's fine. You don't have to go out and be happy, go lucky or anything. Just ignore people. If you don't like somebody, ignore them. That's fine. That's fine. Just don't be a jerk. Don't be hateful. Okay. Let's just all get along as best we can and just not be hateful. I'm going to leave it on that note. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. As always, uh, again, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Audio Boom, we are there. We are everywhere. When we post this uh, on, on RedsArmy.com or on Mass Live, when we tweet it, just follow the links. You'll find out ways to subscribe, links to subscribe, RSS feeds to grab to put in your own podcatcher. It's all right there. So, and, and be sure to rate us if you're on iTunes, uh, because that's a huge help, really spreads the word and gets us out to, to talk to other Celtics fans just like you, because we're doing this for you. We love doing this and we love that you listen and that you take us with you wherever it is that you go. If you're listening on your way to work or at the gym or wherever it is that you are, it's just, I get a good feeling knowing that for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour that we have entertained you as best we could, maybe informed you and, and made you made your day a little bit better. So thank you for listening. As always, this is the Locked On Celtics podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.